Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever it is, wherever you are, I'm Aaron Asensio, alongside Ryan Cutchin, and you are listening to the Poorly Informed Sports Show. Ryan. Hello. What's up, my man? We're we are back. back. We are back. Finally. We're You've back. been busy, kind of, A little in bit. the sports world. Yeah. Can I plug? Please, please. Should, should I plug. not do that? No, plug. That, this is your your podcast. You don't have to ask permission. Oh, it was your podcast too, so I, I just wanted to make sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Actually, no, don't plug. No, we're going to, no. Okay. No, please, uh, no, that's fine. Please plug. Plug away. No, it's minor stuff. Um, I, I had a really cool opportunity. Uh, I was uh, reached out to by uh, a Reddit employee uh, who asked if we, as the moderators of the Broncos subreddit, would like to host uh, a talk session with a USA Today beat reporter. Uh, so I said, yeah, sure, why not? Um, and we chatted for a little over an hour with a dude who's, who's brand new to the Broncos beat. Uh, his name is Parker Gabriel. He's a Nebraska guy, right? Uh, formerly, yes. I th- he said he's from uh, uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, originally. But, uh, yeah, so that was a super cool opportunity. Um, and Parker has been awesome uh, throughout training camp. I've been following, following him on Twitter. So I absolutely encourage you to do that, at Parker J. Gabriel, uh, if you're looking for a, a new Broncos beat to follow. Yeah, that was really cool. I was at my parents' on vacation, uh, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to tune in. But when I did, it was really cool. Um, kind of a fun, a fun thing. I hope it can be like a regular, yeah, I'm a regular so too. thing that happens with the subreddit. I I feel like it was kind of cool to do a live AMA, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a neat format. Um, I gotta say, like, it was really easy to do too. The uh, interface was cool and everything, but this is not an ad for Reddit. So, but it's basically the, it's their version of Twitter Spaces, right? Yes, yep. That's kind exactly. of what I was understanding. But and not to be an ad for Reddit, but also on the official Reddit app, it was really easy to follow along. Mm-hmm. Like I could click that when it was live, and then still like peruse Reddit while it was oh, just nice. kind of a small widget on the bottom of my screen. That's cool. So yeah, it I actually worked quite well. I haven't like checked out anyone else's talks or you know any other talk yeah. at all yeah um, i actually never heard of it until this so uh and actually like if you want listeners uh we could put the link to that in the uh description for this episode let's do it uh because most of it should be relevant still right yeah I mean, and it almost recorded, all of it i imagine yeah it was only like two weeks ago yeah so it's a lot of training camp observations um we recorded i believe the day after tim patrick uh went down with his acl injury which man that Is that a, a full year thing? Yeah, I'm, it has to be right. They're they're hoping hopeful that he could be available for OTAs in May of 2023. So done for the 2022 season, and yeah, we just hope that he can uh, he can bounce back and and be effective again next year. How how bad have the injuries been uh, preseason wise for the Broncos? I feel like. Man, for the Broncos, like knock on wood, it hasn't been too bad. Okay. But now, in one day, the Broncos lost Tim Patrick and then fourth string running back Demarie Crockett. Demarie Crockett. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. If you're listening, Is he a young guy or just Crockett, like a... I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a second or third year, I believe. Okay. Um. So you know, but not like Williams or or MG3 right. or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so 
kind of a point of debate right now uh, on Broncos Twitter. Um, the Broncos coaches keep saying, like, no, we're not going to play starters at all in the preseason. Like, as few starters as possible uh, for these three preseason games. And there's, like, sects forming within the Broncos fandom. It's like, oh, you have to play the starters. And it's like, no, you don't. You're How common is that? I mean, I... I... I'm sorry. I'm really looking forward to this season. I cannot stand preseason football. It's boring, dude. If it's like really boring, you've got to be invested. Uh, but isn't it kind of common, like maybe for a few drives or something on the last preseason game that starters would? Well, it's weird now because we're in the or? second year of the three preseason games instead of what two, uh, as opposed to four. Oh, well, that's be a lot four. better. Three uh, they, is a lot better. They used to do. Um, like maybe the starters would play in the first game for a drive or two, uh, about a quarter in the second game. And then they would play until halftime or sometimes even into the third quarter, uh, in the third preseason game. And then nobody would play in the fourth. Yeah. Uh, and now we're seeing a lot more of just nobody is playing. Um, is that, but it varies by team because we're, the Broncos are going to play the bills on Saturday. Uh, the bills say they're going to play most of their starters. Um, not for very long, but they want to get him out on the field, uh, you know, get hit a couple times, shake off some of the rust. Yeah. So, so the Broncos actually will be going up against Von Miller this week. Oh, that's weird. That's weird to think about. Yeah, it hurts. Is that there or here? Is that in Denver or is that it in, is in Buffalo? It's in Buffalo. Yeah. So Saturday morning, but they're not going to meet in the regular season, I imagine, right? Uh no, not on so. the schedule this year. And Miller, well, if they're playing starters, I guess Miller will maybe get see some time on yeah, the field but he could but like a drive or two yeah he won't be out there long josh allen won't be out there long um but yeah it's not it's not going to be terribly fun as a broncos fan to watch yeah because they're going to get stopped because this is second and third stringers going up against the favorites in the afc then just don't watch <laughs> actually you probably will to. watch you have to watch yeah i it's it's my life i've been I've been the angry guy at the bar when I see preseason NFL games on. It's like, why not show like some baseball race or something? You know, like the wow. AL wild card is super lit. The Astros are boring right now because they're so good, but the like the wild card race is is awesome. So like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an angry baseball fan, but <laughs> it's uh, it's all about that NFL money, man. I guess so. I guess so. But I am excited about the season. I really am. I um, am too. So I've been getting hyped. I've been thinking about the season. Obviously, it's. I spend most of my year thinking about it. I yeah, don't think we've yeah. ever recorded an episode where I didn't have something to talk about with the Broncos. I think there might have been one or two, but I'm also not sure about that. It's, it's 100%. so rare. Um, and you've been act, really active on Twitter lately too. I can tell you're getting super hyped for this year. Yeah, I am. I mean, that's got to be a lot just with Hackett and Russ and like the new look. Absolutely, there's Broncos. so much. There's new. something. There's so much to be excited about. But in getting hyped about it, I uh, it's kind of an annual tradition. Around this time of the year, I like will just pull up the YouTube videos of like the NFL on TV. Like the different stations have their themes, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I listen to them and just kind of like, mm, yeah, that's right. It's like almost that nice crisp autumn oh, feel. Oh, wait. With football and good smells in the house thanksgiving and, vibes yeah, in a man. way even when it's not november you know so it got me thinking because uh-huh. I'm, I'm sitting there you know working doing my real job just vibing to some like football music uh what do you mean by football music 
Oh, like, well, like, like the, the like the like the, the TV, stuff. yeah, the network yeah, okay, themes. Okay, okay. So it got me curious if you have like a favorite network theme, sports associated theme. Well, it's interesting because with Fox MLB stuff, and I maybe read that this is going away, or maybe it didn't. I didn't notice, but they basically switched to the NFL on yeah. Fox song for baseball. It's like they wanted a standard thing across every network. And I don't know if it's my favorite, but I freaking love the uh, old MLB on Fox theme song they would do. And I wish it was still around. Maybe it is now. Um, but that was always a great one. The other one uh, that is just my like childhood of literally like, sitting in our kitchen and watching a really like terribly small CRT TV <laughs> watching the Rockets was the NBA on NBC song. I think it's called, uh, what is it called? It's got an actual name. Round, round ball rock. Round ball rock. Round ball rock. And you got it pulled up? Give us a sample. All right. I got I to gotta, I gotta pull this up. Okay. YouTube, don't fail me now. Okay. Unmute. Sorry if this doesn't sound good to the listeners, but I think you'll be able to hear it. It won't blow your ears out. If anything, it'll be quiet. But here we go. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. That's good stuff. That's be- like, I this can't even is... think of like NBA on TNT right now. Like, this is better. This is way better. Because it's like, I don't know, recognizable. I'm having flashes of just like Hakeem Olajuwon and like Sean Kemp and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Mm, so there's that. Good. There's that. And then I got to hit you with the quick MLB on Fox. Do one. it. Uh, this is also a wonderful, wonderful song. It sounds <laughs> sounds too exciting to be baseball. Hey now, <laughs> them's fighting words. <laughs> this is good. It's really good. Like I think of just like starting pitchers warming up in the bullpen. You know, some kid with way too much mustard on his face. <laughs> Man, so the, the those probably would be my top two, I think. And right. I don't think either one's currently used, so that's a little sad. <laughs> showing your age a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm showing my basicness a little bit because, you know, I got to give some love to... Bodo, Bodo. It's an all-American classic. What network is this? This is ESPN Monday Night Football, baby. This is ESPN? Okay. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. That is good. Mm. That is really good. Just hear Susie Colbert start talking about the matchup tonight. Mile high. The cool mile high air. Yeah. New look Broncos. Russell Wilson wearing number three. And that little voiceover is what we'll hear the majority of the time over my absolute favorite in sports. Okay. Is this Fox? This is CBS. This is the CBS. Okay. Which is where the Broncos are on most often. Right. Yeah. This one gets me ready to like run through a wall, man. It's just, 
It's funny how much better your laptop speakers are than mine. Like I can hear the bass in the background. Didn't you? You just you just said before we like hit record. My laptop is like seven years newer it's, than yours. Yeah, yeah. This thing is. It's still good, but it's uh, it needs some love, and I haven't given it. Hey, well, it any has love. built-in USB ports, right? That's uh, that's a novel thing these days. <laughs> it kind of is. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now you're really excited for football. That's right. And, you know, like I kind of mentioned, baseball for me, just kind of cruising, watching the Strohs every day. Um, it's not been uh, – there's not a lot to stress about, so that's kind of nice, but I'm, like, ready to stress. Like, yeah, today yeah. they uh, beat the White Sox 21-5. to Holy smokes. Yep. So that's happening. Uh, they're probably about to get a three-and-a-half game lead for the AL – uh, number one seed over the Yankees here because the Yankees, last I checked, were losing to the Blue Jays. Um, so just kind of coasting. So really, today, as we were kind of leading up to this show, I was like thinking of stuff to talk about with baseball. And like I could talk about trade deadline acquisitions and all that. But really what got me more excited um, was talking about football, especially with you because, you know, I've been not interviewing beat writers and <laughs> – Things like that. So I kind of like today was my first like let me think about the Broncos in the upcoming yeah. NFL season uh, day of the year. So I think we just skip everything else and hop right in. Let's make this a Broncos only episode. I'm on board. I mean, I got nothing nice to say about the Rockies. There's no point in talking about the Nuggets yet. Right. Uh, quick shout out because we haven't recorded since March. So I guess uh, quick congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche for bringing oh, home yeah, the Oh, yeah, good call. Good call. I didn't think about that until just now. We're not really ever focused on hockey, but yeah, might it was as well. fun to watch games. I don't, I have no idea what I'm watching half the time, but it was fun. Yeah, um, absolute blast. Uh, and I think as a result, probably like most Denver area residents, I kind of want to go to a few games this year. Absolutely. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and just pivot into the NFL then, into the Broncos let's specifically. I'm not gonna bore you with listing who did and didn't play for. The AFC West or whatever else. Let's just jump in. The Broncos have their first preseason game in the books. Um, they won pretty handily. It was a 17-7 to win, and the seven came in garbage time. Um, Who played QB? Uh, Josh Johnson played the first half, and Brett Rippon played the second. Uh, fun note about Johnson, he's played for 14 NFL teams. In, wow. in his, I don't even know how long he's been in the league. He's 36 years old. You're not so. going to get this reference, but that's like the Octavio Dotel of football. Who would get that relief, reference? Relief pitcher. In okay, like okay. the early 2000s that came through the Astros and just seemed to play for like every team. Yeah. Uh, but wow, 14? He's in the getting, NFL. So two more and he can get to the halfway point. Yeah, he's also played for three teams in other professional conferences in the, I mean, uh, uh, leagues mm -hmm. in the XFL, the USFL, and I believe the Canadian AFL. Maybe it was okay. not. It was not Canadian. Okay, I think it was Arena. Might have been American. I don't know. But wow, the dude has been all so over. So he the just place. really likes football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to just love it to put up with that kind of so. Depth chart-wise, is he in front of Rippon or behind Rippon? Uh, currently, he's probably leading that backup quarterback battle. Okay. Um, he's slated to start on Saturday, uh, so that'll be two starts in a row. Mm -hmm. um, 
No offense and to the guy, but I hope I don't see him at all this year. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a disaster if we do. Because um, that means Russ is down. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Maybe some garbage time uh, snaps or something, but... That'd be good. Nothing more than good. that. So, yeah, Johnson came out, struggled kind of early, but really got in a groove and uh, really connected, it seemed like, in the deep game. Um, lots of long completions. Um, I don't have the number uh, pulled up, but the Broncos were super efficient on third down, which was awesome and is the exact opposite of what they've been for the last couple of years. Uh, is so the play was... calling indicative of what the offense would do under Wilson or... I think so, which is interesting because you really don't want to tip your hand too much right. yeah, in preseason. That's where I was going to go with that. Uh, but they came out of the gate and struggled early. They could not get the run game going throughout the whole game. Um, so they were kind of forced. Were Williams or Gordon getting uh, carries? No, neither, no, neither of them played yeah. uh, and probably won't play Saturday either. Um, and we're playing with like uh, depth pieces on the offensive line. So you'd like to see it do better uh, from a, an execution standpoint. Um, but you're not panicking. Yeah, not yet. Uh, Hackett specifically called out the run game, said it wasn't good enough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole bunch of depth, guys. Um, so I'm not freaking out at yeah. this point. Is there anything that would make you freak out in these preseason games where Denver is just like, nah, starters are going to see no no time. Like, what would actually, if anything, alarm you? Uh, like, special teams weirdness? Or, you know, like, the is things, there really nothing? Now, the, the like, things what, that I would... Losing by double digits, or, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, what would be concerning. What would worry me would be uh, if the team looked completely undisciplined, unprepared. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if you're losing by double digits and, like, can't get a first down... Like the Cowboys couldn't do on Saturday. It's like a depth concern, right? Um, well, not only that, but it's like a, a a coaching issue. Yeah, yeah. Potentially, it's like, you know, who's uh, who's holding people accountable? Uh, how come? I don't know. There are mental errors being made, right? And whatever. But the fantastic thing is, and it, it's one game, so like maybe things will change. Uh, but the great thing so far is. Uh, we didn't see any of that on Sunday. Uh, the team looked disciplined. Um, Hackett called out some mental errors. I didn't really see many. Uh, the penalty disparity was totally in the Broncos' favor. Uh, they had very few penalties versus the Cowboys having many double-digit penalties. Um, it was just a whole bunch of encouraging, to be honest. Yeah, that is... Maybe that is what's encouraging is, yeah, lack of mental mistakes. Like, it's just a, as it, simple as that. The intangibles stuff. Right. Um, uh, other so that was 17 to 7? Yes. Okay. Other encouraging things to see actually on the field, tangibles. Uh, Montreal, Washington has been like the buzz of training camp uh, and kind of showed up on Saturday, uh, mostly in the return game. Um he was drafted, though, to be, like, explicitly a returner and kind of carved out a spot for himself, or started to at least, uh, throughout camp uh, on offense. Uh, and it looks like he continued that on Saturday. Um, and then 
the last time we recorded, I had to go back and, and listen uh, to see what we had talked about. And I was complaining about Baron Browning being moved from inside linebacker to the edge. Well, he's been absolutely owning on the edge. So okay. it was a great move. So going back to Washington, is he a guy that would actually be returning? Yeah, he'll be, uh, the, he'll be the kick returner for sure. Is he a rookie? Yes. I'm trying to think because I saw this quote. Okay, I'm glad I had this actually where I could quickly pull it up. But he had this quote that I, I thought was kind of funny because he says, uh, I'm fearless. I just think I'm fearless back there. Just catch it and go. It's like a game, I guess. And the writer of this article is like, well, yes, rookie. It is indeed a game. It's called football. <laughs> but but it, anyway, I just read that earlier today, and I, I thought I had to mention the quote. because It's so good. Um, 117 pounds, or 170 pounds, rather. That's a small guy. He's not a huge guy. And wow. really, that's, that's one round of the... Fifth-round pick, okay. That's one of the biggest... Uh, blows, I guess, to Tim Patrick tearing his ACL. Uh, the Broncos lost a six foot three, six foot two, six foot four, somewhere in there receiver on the outside, who is like a, a deep ball, um, chuck it up and let the guy make a play kind of receiver. Yeah. Uh, and they don't have somebody on the roster who can replace that. <laughs> Excuse me, who can replace that? Um, God, so, he was probably so looking forward to playing with Russ back oh, there totally. too. He was one of the first dudes oh. uh, to like shake Russ's hand when Russ got here. Yeah, they. I remember Broncos media making a big deal about that. But um, plus, I remember, I just remember the guy having like a really, I don't know. I just remember enjoying watching his interviews and stuff last year. You know, as a, as a pretty casual Broncos fan, just he seemed like guy with a really good head on his shoulders and um, yeah he's been cutting it up on twitter since uh since his acl surgery well, too. Sure he's, he's bored yeah he Don't was tweeting blame. uh hey give me give me updates from the uh joint practice with the cowboys last week and um he was tweeting uh you know supporting his his teammates in the preseason game and um absolutely a good dude and yeah, it hurts. hurts Any to fights see him. in that uh, in that joint practice? Dude, haven't hasn't New England been getting there, into it with someone? There were, like, I think it's Carolina. Maybe there were a New lot England. of fights. They said uh, seven in that joint That's practice. Wild, uh, but it's nothing compared to what's been going on between Carolina and New England because that has been. Oh, insane. seven was not a lot. Seven is a lot in general, but the Carolina and and, and New England practices have been it's just off that, the chain because yeah that was like getting into my twitter sphere just did you see the video of the the fight I, that like no. fell onto the fans no oh that's that's not good yeah fan got hurt and the patriots were like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry here's tickets to do a game <laughs> like almost like hush money <laughs> yeah it better be season tickets i mean come on oh yeah uh i would uh You'd probably trade that though. You'd trade like a, a hurt ankle for like season tickets. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you're like hardcore enough to go to training camp too, you know, yeah, you're probably the kind of person that's not going to be really annoyed at getting no, and especially in it's the moment. Like a badge of honor. Like, oh god, that was wild. Okay, uh, tickets. Yeah, sure, whatever. Right, right. Tickets and uh, maybe some crutches, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I can I ride on the cart? 
Yeah. Can you cart me yeah, off? Cart, cart me stance? off. <laughs> All right. So what I want to see in game two in the preseason, uh, I want to see this, this no injury streak continue. Knock on wood. Uh, so I have blessed the knees. That, that'd be my one of my keys okay. to the game. Bless, Bless the, the knees. knees. Yep. I want to see Washington and Browning keep it up. Uh, I want to see rookie cornerback Damari Mathis uh, step up. I want to see him make a wow play. He's probably like, like and like a turnover, like forcing a turn. Like what? Yep. You, yep. Yeah. I, I want to pick. Yeah. I want yeah. maybe just a, a really solid pass breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a. Uh, apparently was flashing through camp um he didn't really stand out to me when i was watching the game i did only watch it once i'm not the kind of guy who's gonna go do like film study on the right right on the especially on a preseason game but um there were there was kind of buzz that he was climbing the the cornerback depth chart and uh he could be in the mix for for cornerback four for this year and then you know continue to move up uh moving forward but, um, well, aren't the Broncos kind of struggling in that department? I feel like there was a, and I'm I'm trying to effort here, really quick because, and I do have some things later to say about the Broncos defense, um, but I feel like they had a defensive player last year who just was getting smoked like a corner. Yes, um, uh, Kendall Fuller. Kendall is that Kyle who? Fuller? Okay, there's two Fullers. I don't remember which is which. It's Kyle. <laughs> Kyle Fuller. Okay. Kyle, uh, the Broncos went out and signed him right off the bat in free agency uh, of 2021. Um, and, yeah, he, he pretty much got cooked all year. It was a, it was a failure. Um, but we've got Patrick Sertan, who is starting to draw comparisons to Champ Bailey. And Champ he, Bailey He's got to be, like, yep. the biggest upside defensive guy, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Obviously, like the two interceptions last year, one in the I think the Chargers upset. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I think was in the end zone too. Um, yeah, he was he was cool to see because he was a high, he was the number one draft pick from the Broncos last year, right? Yes, ninth overall, and I was Over really like upset. Mac Jones and some other people. I that wanted went after him. I wanted a quarterback. Yeah, and you know what, like. We got Russ now, so it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter now, <laughs> doesn't matter. but yeah. I, I, was, I wasn't happy about it then. It still wasn't the right decision then, but I'm done complaining about it because now we've got a dude who is, like I said, drawing comparisons to Champ Bailey. Yeah. Champ Bailey is saying, mm-hmm, yeah, that checks out, actually. Uh, and we got Russ, so. Okay. Failing so upwards. <laughs> I know, and, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do this a few times today. I'm going to throw something out there. I was reading this football outsider stuff. Um, Is this where you're going to talk about DR guy, again? <laughs> I might bring up DR. <laughs> uh, this guy uh, for football outsiders, Mike, uh, I don't know if it's Tanier or Tanier, uh, T-A-N-I-E-R. He wrote a really good uh, little, like, I guess it's for their what they call their almanac, their 2022 almanac kind of preview for the Broncos. Um, and he brought up, this point about the Broncos defense. Um, so I'm not going to get quite into the DR stuff yet. Cause I'll save that for the rust discussion. But um, his point is that basically we have this narrative, like dating back to the Manning years and everything about, well, 
the Broncos, their defense is just so good. And then after Manning, it was they just need a quarterback because their defense is good. His hypothesis here that was kind of intriguing, and I, and I kind of was following it, is that their defense is not that good and is incredibly overrated. Hmm. You don't you don't seem thrilled by that. Uh, I think. Can, can I make this maybe a somewhat compelling argument after? State your immediate reaction. Yeah, immediate reaction. Yeah. Uh, I think immediate. I mean, I think extremely overrated uh, is going too far. Maybe I shouldn't have said extremely. I do think that fans especially overrate them. Um, there are some deficiencies. It's not a very deep cornerback group. Uh, there's a lot of what-ifs surrounding injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Randy Gregory activated off the physically Sir Tan being to perform. second-year player and being the guy that so many people are putting all their... yeah. You know, they're yeah, and in. I mean, like, if he's a lockdown corner, that's super. But you can always throw at the other side of the field. Well, is that kind of what happened place. last year? Is that they stopped targeting? Yeah, I'm not guys even he sure. Was I mean, not even sure how many targets he had. He he had four interceptions, which is good. It's really good, but uh, probably could have had more if he had been targeted more. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, all right, build build your case. Okay, so this was really interesting to think about because I had never, obviously still somewhat of a like a, a football newbie, but had never really thought about football uh, defense in this sense. Um, so the reason he kind of states the overrated piece is because when you look at it on the surface, the Broncos defense last year ranked third in points allowed. So you initially immediately are like, like damn, that's really good, right? Obviously. Um, but... His his theory is that it really was because of the terrible offense of the Broncos that their defense was able to kind of suppress points scored by the opposing offense. Like opposing teams didn't have to try as hard? Yes. They didn't have to try as hard. And also, the 2021 um, offense for the Broncos was the fifth slowest pace. They took over three minutes per drive, three minutes and eight seconds per drive. But they punted on 40% of those drives. Ouch. God, so they're awful. taking up a lot of time and not scoring. Um, so opponents actually averaged uh, their starting drives on the 26-yard line, which was the second worst in the league. So all these offenses are start starting with horrible field position. Um, and they had only 126 possessions opposing offenses against the Broncos the lowest number in the entire league. Really? Whew. 126 possessions, that's it. So, so yeah, I mean, wow. the, the, the theory here is that they never had to turn on their supercharger offense because they just didn't feel threatened at all by the Broncos offense. They could just kind of chill and coast, and especially when they had a league, or a lead, rather, like why take shots down the field? Why um, do anything risky other than just kind of slowly march up the field and try to maintain your lead. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. I was, as, as you were talking, I was trying to look up stats to, uh, to say, well, actually here's why, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Right. Um, the first thought I had was, okay, the Broncos didn't allow a lot of points. We know that they didn't score a lot of points because Mm -hmm. they did lose a lot of games. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, what was the point differential? Uh, the Broncos 
one, two, three, four, five, sixth in point differential. Uh, meaning that a lot of their games would have been close, right? So then you would think the offense, opposing offense, would want to you know, create some separation, do, do something, yeah, a little more risky, high risk, high reward type plays. I am I'm building this defense completely on the fly. You're building the defense for the defense. I should <laughs> defending the defense. Gotta love it. Um. Yeah, I'm building this on the fly, so it's a lot of it's half. Well, and I can I can kind of fill in here and tell you some of the reasons for hope. But uh, continue if you got something. Also uh, allowed the seventh fewest yards in the NFL. Oh wait, is this just pass? That's only passing. Seventh fewest passing yards. Okay. Sorry, folks, we're getting. (laughs) But once they, you know, I'd be curious to see that broken down because once maybe they stop targeting like Sertan, maybe that went up i don't know yeah i don't know that would be i'm trying to think so, of like, oh this, this rookie where play, i can look for let's, that but let's, let's go somewhere else yeah i'm i'm <laughs> you've got me stumped i was well, trying to okay. scramble i thought I'll, i had a good idea I'll give you, I'll, i mean i mean you bring up some good good points there and like i said they're you know they allowed the third fewest points and like this article was mostly just saying, well, here's why that's misleading. It's not that they're a bad defense, but I think there's just been a narrative since like the mid-2010s throughout football culture of, oh, the Broncos have the defense. Well, and, and it was kind of compounded upon last year because it was like, oh, well, they got Vic Fangio, who's this, right, this you know, 40-year defensive mastermind. Yes. And they started the year with Von Miller still, right? Yep. So. And, yeah, I, they had should have had all of the pieces uh, to have a really, really good defense. Yeah. Um, so I do think that there's some validity to to saying that they're overrated. But um, there, there are reasons for hope. I mean, Chubb dealing with a knee injury last year, right? Like yep. That, that sucked. And as a result, like, he got he had no sacks. Right, he did play in seven least, games. Was it seven games? Seven games, no sacks. Yeah, which is like that's not enough. Yeah. Um, obviously, Sertan's a reason for hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like Justin Simmons has got to be like a top starter in the NFL, and he Kareem Jackson's voted. not bad either, right? Right. So Justin Simmons was voted. Okay, actually, tangent. Uh, after uh, executives and coaches. Uh, in this annual, I think it's Sports Illustrated runs a poll, um, and Justin Simmons was voted the top safety in the NFL. I think the top, maybe number two. Uh, he was ranked like yeah. eighty-one on the NFL's top one hundred players of twenty twenty-two, which is like polling the players. The hell, players! That's weird. It's wrong. They have. Uh, Oh, man, I forgot his name. The dude at uh, Honey Badger, uh, Taran Matthew. They ranked him, I think, 10 or 15 spots ahead of Justin Simmons. Honey Badger, like, just recently signed. If he was that good, why yeah. didn't he sign until, like, right before training camp? Like, Sounds more like, who do I like as a person, Paul? Yeah. Because I think coaches shit together, would players. be a lot, a lot more telling. <laughs> um. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You were going no, through... No, no, that's kind of like my... Those are like my reasons for hope, I would say, is like those individuals. Like, Chubb should be better. Sertan's going to be good, we would yep. expect. And then you got Simmons and Jackson, who are like people you don't have to worry about. 
Yeah, the Broncos also just brought in some inside linebacker help, uh, Joe Schobert, who has over 100 tackles in every season except his rookie season. Uh, he's, I think, like 28. Uh, so still has some some gas in the tank. Uh, fun story, he bought a home in Colorado and then waited for the Broncos to call him. Whoa. Like, like turned down some offers Whoa. from other teams, according to Vic Lombardi. I wonder if they were for more money or not. I wonder. I'm not sure what the Broncos offered him, but I'm sure it's not much because it's late in the process now. Um, unfortunately, he was signed because uh, Jonas Griffith, who has impressed at inside linebacker, dislocated his elbow on like the first or second play from scrimmage on Saturday. So he'll be out four to six weeks. I don't think I've never I've ever heard of a dislocated elbow. That sounds worse than like a finger or shoulder. Oh yeah, way worse. It freaks me out so much. Yeah, stuff in there. Especially as a baseball guy, that really freaks me. Oh, out. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. There's a lot, uh, a lot of returning and a lot of new pieces, um, and some familiar faces in new spots like uh, like Baron Browning. So. Randy Gregory's a name that I saw thrown out. Yep. Randy Gregory uh, brought off the physically unable to perform list after he had a, uh, he had a shoulder scope basically uh, right after he signed with the team that he had had planned for a while. Um, He just practiced today for his third or fourth straight day. So that's a really good sign. Um, He's coming along. Six sacks in 12 games last year. Yeah. uh, It's pretty good. It's pretty good. He only has a handful more than that in his entire career, though. Uh, and we kind of talked about this last time we recorded, but that was five months ago. Um, he has a history of substance abuse suspensions uh, and of injuries. Um, like weed? Is that why he came here? It's all weed. Well... He was suspended, like, a bunch of times for weed. Yeah. Uh, the NFL doesn't test for that anymore. So... That's not an issue anymore. Well, now that he's in Colorado, you can just enjoy enjoy it to his heart's content. Exactly. So. Uh, he was on the Cowboys um, like leadership committee last year. He wasn't a team captain, but uh, they have some kind of leadership committee. I don't, Dallas is weird. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> um, very Dallas. But uh, all of his teammates talked about uh, you know how much he had matured and just how great he was as a leader for their team last year. Um, and that was playing on a vet minimum deal in a in a contract year. So I guess he had something to prove. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if he continues that here in Not Denver now that he's got a yeah. 90-something million dollar deal. Yeah. Or 76, whatever it is. Plenty of doobies. So many doobies. <laughs> <laughs> doobies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other, other player that has come off of the uh, physically unable to perform list, uh, Billy Turner. Uh, he should be the starting right tackle. Um, so hopefully that offensive line will be stout in front of Russell Wilson. That'll be a first for Russ in a while, right? Wasn't a Seattle's very pretty long time. Yeah, he's, he's always had bad offensive lines. So. Well, that's about all I had on the defense. I don't know if you had any other discussion there. Well, not really. I've got some uh, some more kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay. Ownership, coaches, actually mostly ownership. Um, do you want to maybe take a break? 
and then we can get back at yeah, let's that. take a break and then come back we can do some of that discussion and then just in general we got to like do the rust the offense discussion as well for sure all right talk to you guys on the other side peace all right we are back i think we're going to start off here with some broncos offensive discussion yeah um you know obviously the big piece being russell wilson um and i think that's obviously going to be you know the biggest thing that uh improves the outlook of the broncos you know in the national eye and i just kind of wanted to throw some things out some some kind of big picture things before jumping into some some more rust maybe specific things uh-huh. um so just looking at the team overall i think when we did our Russell Wilson emergency episode, yeah, we went through the schedule. I think I put the Broncos at ten wins. Yeah, I think ten and seven sounds about right. Yeah, uh, where uh, Football Outsiders has in their simulations a median uh, win uh, win rate. That seems weird to say. Just wins of nine, so nine and eight. So kind of makes me feel good. I wasn't too far off. Maybe yeah. a little bit of optimism, um, and that puts them at. Almost a fifty percent chance to make the postseason. Okay. Does that seem disappointing to you? Or yeah, it does. Forty eight point seven percent. My fan brain says, "Yeah, that's that's disappointing." Um, but looking at it a bit more rationally, um, mm-hmm. I mean, think about all of the new with this team, right? New coach, new quarterback, new defensive coach. Uh, so many new players. Um, there's a lot of turnover and a, a lot of fresh um, faces. Things that are hard to predict as a result, maybe. Yeah. So, so maybe a high variance yeah. kind of thing. Um, I'd be curious to see, like, if there was, and I'm not sure if there's a way to see this because, you know, they said median win number was nine. Uh-huh. But I'd be curious, like, did they have a lot of variance, you know, in their in their Yeah, that would be interesting to, totals, to you know, throughout all these simulations. Find. Or were they, you know, is the average close to the median or is it pretty different? Yeah. It'd be kind of cool to see. Um but yeah, so looking at like the betting odds and things like that, um, I think maybe the fans are a little more optimistic because uh, the Broncos money line to win the Super Bowl, like across a lot of the sports books, uh, is plus 850, which puts them better than higher or better, I guess, worse betting odds, but like more of a like a, like higher higher ranked. Yeah, higher really ranked, higher probability to make the Super Bowl than the Bengals, the Titans, and the Ravens. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of cool. All right. Uh, those were three of the – well, actually, the Bengals didn't make – or the uh, Ravens didn't make the playoffs, but uh, – Barely didn't, yeah. Uh, so that's those, to make the Super Bowl. So teams. plus 850, so basically meaning um, – I'm not a huge sports betting guy, but I, I do it occasionally. So that basically means you put 100 bucks down on the Broncos to win or to make it to the Super Bowl if – that came true you'd make 850 bucks right um this guy uh in the football outsiders article uh kind of predicted if they had luck as the starting quarterback this year those that would probably be at like a plus 5000 true instead of a plus 850 yeah so, so that's a huge difference massive improvement i see you looking at your beer why don't you go yeah i'm, I'm going to do this i'm sorry i was i was trying not actually we got to hear it yeah right in the mic everyone else crack it too there we go there's some ASMR for you people. How was that? <laughs> that? That's a nice, lukewarm at this point, perfect drift from Four Noses. And I am now having a classic Juicy Bits from Weldworks. 
we're pretty hipster here with our Denver. We need to make a better habit beers. Of, of of sharing what we're drinking once we we do start recording. One of my favorite baseball podcasts of all time. No longer a podcast because both of them work in baseball. They had a whole segment. What are you drinking? And it Dude, was, when I, I looked forward to it. When I first like got into listening to podcasts, I listened to a show called the Colorado Sports Guys. I was really mad at them because I wanted that name. That's such a good podcast name. Uh, but yeah, they always start off the show. What are you drinking? And oh, it's this and this from wherever. Yeah. Okay. N- new idea. New idea for a segment. Maybe not always off the top, but we'll we'll figure it out. I think we should let everyone know. Yeah. We'll just do like a. Okay. Cool. Sorry, yeah. I've, I've completely effectively derailed the conversation. No, it's good. It's good because again. that's kind of where I was on the overall picture thing. So. Any more reaction to that, or is it just kind of, and eh, the nine wins seems not very exciting, and the here's, here's NFL it all. or the Super Bowl chance does seem a little exciting. I mean, that's kind of where I sit with it. Yeah, so let me frame it a couple of ways. First of all, um, it is fun to think about, like, oh, yeah, maybe there's a slim chance at the playoffs, but a good chance at the Super Bowl once you get into the I mean, playoffs, 48.7% postseason odds in the AFC seems like there's probably a lot of people right around that area. Yeah, probably so. I mean, like, it's a tough, not even conference, but this division, the AFC West, is true. so stacked. Yes. Um, I would not be shocked at all if any one of these four teams represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I would be severely disappointed if it was the Raiders. Uh, or even the Chiefs, even though I expect the Chiefs to, you know, be at that level, it still sucks. But um, what I will say uh, for for my expectations for this year, um, I'm not looking at this with a Super Bowl or bust mentality. Uh, I'm not looking at this as like even necessarily the first year that the window is open. Does it feel less urgent than like the Peyton years? Because that, that felt like Super Bowl or bust mostly, right? Yeah, and Russell's two years younger than Peyton was when he got here. And a different kind of Well, maybe like a year and a half. Uh, di- totally different kind of player. Just a younger guy, you know, like right. personality-wise. Yeah. Um, and he says he wants to play until he's 45. Uh, that's a long shot, but... I don't think he will. Sorry, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think most guys will, but I do think he could play until 40. Yeah. So we're talking like, you know, maybe six years, whereas we got four of, of Peyton. Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, we're in the first year of this Russell Wilson era. And Nathaniel Hackett era. And Nathaniel Hackett era. So, so this year, in my mind, uh, is less about the championship and more about building a foundation uh, so that next year can be about the championship. Next year can be, uh, you know, the expectations are high. Uh, the pressure is on. Um, but on the, at the same time, I think that this year um, is going to be a lot more fun to watch. Than, oh, I don't doubt that. I mean, it's going to be but more where, fun than okay, any so of the where, last, like, four years. Oh, yeah. Which is... It, like that's an important thing, a, a big thing that a lot of Broncos country was talking about last year was man, we're not only watching bad football, but we're watching boring football. Right. It was brutal, especially the Drew Locke games at the end. Yeah, and it's been that way. Yeah. You know, it's 
except for a blip Case here and Keenan there. Or yeah. Keenum or whoever, Joe Flacco, whoever they tried to pick uh-huh. in was yeah. pretty brutal. So, so, okay, so what would be – would it – okay, make the playoffs lose first game of the playoffs. Are you disappointed or are you like, okay, there's the there's the you yeah. know, stepping stone I was hoping for? Rationally, rationally speaking, uh, I think that's how you have to look at it. So that's a the postseason berth is a successful year. Uh-huh. Especially like we were saying with this conference in this division. Yep. Okay. I think finishing last place in this division – that's a disappointment. Yeah. I want to at least, at least beat the Raiders in in terms of like is that, final. Okay. Is that division is that standard. a rational thing because you're looking at how the Raiders are constructed, or is that just because FTR? Uh, both. <laughs> okay. No, it's I I um because you're not saying that about the other teams in the division and like it's yeah. So I think Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. He's the worst quarterback in this division right yeah. now. Yeah, if if Russ, you know, does what we all expect Russ to do, right? Um, there's a chance I'm horrendously wrong, and Russell Wilson is washed, and this is all a disaster. But um, I I believe that yeah, Derek Carr is the the worst right now. Well, let's jump into the quarterback discussion then. Okay, you guys. Let's numbers? talk about because I know I poo pooed on the whole thing a little bit in that emergency episode about Russ, Mm -hmm. but I was kind of playing the devil's advocate, right? I I mentioned that so many times. Um, So, so just to revisit uh, football outsiders runs kind of two, two good statistics. The one is the DR, which is defense adjusted yards above replacement. And this thing basically kind of measures uh, over the course of the year, how much better were you than like a replacement level quarterback? Then there's the DVOA, which is more of a rate-based stat. So that's like, what percent better are you than, you know, an average player, an average quarterback per play? Okay. So even if you only play one game, it's it's like not going to hurt you. Where DR is accumulative, right? So like, it's kind of like, reminds me of like war in baseball. Like war is something you accumulate and lose over time. Um, whereas like batting average is like, you know, per at bat, how many times do you get a base hit? So DVOA being the uh, the more batting average equivalent. So just to revisit, DR uh, last year, Bridgewater ranked 14th, Russ 15th. So that was the big thing I harped on. But then we look at the DVOA, the like more like per possession mm-hmm. stat. Bridgewater actually 10th and Russ 12th. Really? Which is interesting. But here's where I got a little bit of hope is uh, in this Football Outsiders piece – um, they kind of broke down Russ's season into kind of three chunks. So there's week one through five, and then I believe after that is when it's when he has hand injury, and then he comes back and his first four games back weeks ten through thirteen, and then his final uh, five games uh, weeks fourteen through eighteen. Uh-huh. So when you basically take away the four games where he came back from the hand injury, his first four games back. Mm-hmm. He looked really good. So his DVOA during those first four games out back from the injury, negative 28% basically DVOA. So he was 28% worse than the just average Joe. Okay. But before that, he was 32% better. And then after that, for his final five weeks, 20% better than the average. So if you get 
the bookends of Russ. Yeah. Which reasonably, as pointed out in the article, you're probably going to get because this is a guy we DVOA knows how to value. He's mm-hmm. got a long enough tracker. We know who Russell Wilson is. Right. Then all that stuff with Bridgewater that I kind of threw out there is just tainted by that bad four weeks. Well, just for uh, the sake of, of context, I guess, I, the raw numbers around his his statistics last year, uh, five games before injury, like you said, a 72% completion rating. So that's pretty damn good. Ten touchdowns. After the injury, in the nine games after the injury, uh, 61.5%. So that's a 10% difference in putting the ball basically in a place where his receivers yeah. like can reliably bring it in. I mean, completion percentage is tough because it, it depends on, on so the receiver getting this it and, yeah. and whatever, but still it, it can be part of the indicator. Right? Absolutely. Yards per attempt went down by almost three. Well, two, we'll, we'll call it two and a half uh, from 9.57 yards per attempt to 6.97. Um, the, Touchdowns to interceptions. Uh, it was ten to one before the injury. Yeah, and weeks one through five. Fifteen yep. to five after, uh, and the quarterback rating, which like, but also weeks the fourteen through eighteen, eleven to two TD to end. Yeah, so, ratio. I mean, there so you go. Ended the year well. Um. So yeah, yeah. I I, I think the the injury really screwed up. You know, as far as like the advanced stats go. Um. But you're right. If if we get the guy that is on either end of that yeah. injury and then recovery period, um, the advanced stats actually shape. say then he's good. Yeah. And like DVOA, one thing I like about it is that people might be like, oh well, the last five games Seattle didn't play the best teams. I don't remember exactly who it was, but I think Houston might have been in the mix and some mm-hmm. some mediocre teams. But that is literally in the name of the stat is defense adjusted. So it's adjusting for that when you're playing against bad defenses you should have better stats and if you don't then you're going to get punished so i mean to be 20 percent better than an average quarterback you know in the back in the back five games is is good yeah um so so then building on that right so you've got him on the upswing on the back half of, of that year uh finally feeling healthy with his hand um and now we got to look at like okay so what what is going to change under like Nathaniel Hackett versus like the Pete Carroll and whatever OC they had. I, I understand they were kind of like constantly changing coordinators. Oh, you mean from, and, from, from a like X's and O's point of view? Yes. Um, yes. My understanding, and I, this is really surface level. This is not, I'm not very football smart. <laughs> so my understanding is uh, this should be a pretty similar to like the heyday of the Mike Shanahan uh, era, like say 2000, you know, four to 2008. Um, lots of uh, play action, uh, lots of focus on the run. You're setting me up on a T. Oh yeah. Unintentionally. Nice. People are going to think we planned this. <laughs> we don't plan anything. Jump into this. Listen to the first half of the show. We don't plan anything. Yeah, we don't plan anything. I was all over the place. But that is a hundred percent where I was going. So, a big thing that that is the question is like, will Russ need to be like playing hero ball? And 
the guy that would make him not feel like he needs to would be like a Nathaniel Hackett, right? Mm -hmm. And so what uh, what is a good comparison here is like looking at Aaron Rodgers last year, yeah, and like what Russell Wilson did last year. Um, so a big part of Hackett's offense seems to be, and from what I understand, this was like a hip thing in the late 2010s, but something that he embraces is a lot of run pass options. Yeah. Now the caveat being, which I thought was kind of a cool thing to learn is that it is tough and like different publications will really disagree on whether a play was a run pass option. Cause you don't really know. Oh, sure. Unless sure. you're like in got a headset on, yeah. right? Like you don't really know. Um, but just based on this estimate, uh, the last uh, three seasons, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the amount of run pass options they ran with, with him under the helm in Green Bay, mm -hmm. 50, 60, and 63. The last three years for Wilson in Seattle, 14, 16, and 13. That's insane. It's a massive difference. That's ridiculous given Russell Wilson's skill set. Yeah. You know, he is a very mobile quarterback, even like still be better at 35, than Rodgers for like an RPO's like Absolutely. style yeah. offense. And I don't even know if that's the correct thing to say is like RPO style, but like implementing that freak regularly in your play calling. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's exciting. Um, and the other thing that, that was talked about in this article was pre-snap motion. Yes. And that was, um, that was kind of something that I, I harped on, on on Reddit. I can't remember now like the exact uh, context, but uh, it was something that um, Hackett said in a press conference. Uh, and I remember um, when, when Rich Scangarello was hired here in 2020 uh, with Vic Fangio and that crew, uh, he talked about, um, uh, God, I might be mixing up two different things. I'm going to edit that out. Never mind. No, don't edit it. I'm Stick gonna... with it. We're poorly informed. Oh. It's on brand. Skangarello talked about how uh, Shanahan's offense uh, was designed to score on every play. Most offenses realistically have, uh, you know, we need a first down. So this one's for, mm -hmm. you know, five, seven, or ten yards or whatever. Right. Um or maybe designed to get you to a, a point on the field to, uh, you know, be able to kick a field goal or right, whatever. Right, right, right. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, there was something that Hackett said that, that related to that. I, I think he, he said, we're trying to score on every play. Um, and then I made that connection with the pre-snap motion. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that uh, Kyle Shanahan has been like known for over the last couple of years. And that's in San Francisco now? Correct. Okay. Uh, and that's also a huge part of uh, what makes the Chiefs hard to defend. Mm -hmm. um, so there's proof right there between Kyle Shanahan, who's like the the kid genius right now. Right, right. Uh, and the then, savant, the offense savant. Yeah. And um, has been to the Super Bowl like twice in the last three years or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Andy Reid in, in – Kansas City doing the same kind of He's thing. He's doing pretty good over there, I, I hear. I mean, it sucks to admit. <laughs> so that's a ridiculously long way of saying good. <laughs> well, it seems so. What Hackett seems to be like in terms of, and, and you know, I don't know how much off, you know, he was an OC. I don't know what he'll, it'll look like now, but uh, a lot of like very um, high percentage passing plays mm -hmm. with like really well timed and highly efficient like shots downfield. Um, so he seems to know how to set that up. Now, whether I don't. And I'm not smart enough to know whether like the pre-snap motion stuff feeds into that 
or not, but because, uh, you know, correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation, but there's right. correlation there. Yeah, um, I, I will say, like, I guess we kind of already said it. It's just more stuff that fits Russell Wilson's skill set. Yeah. So last year, like you said, this seems like it would be a rust thing. But last year, Wilson only threw 109 passes with pre-snap motion. Rodgers, 256 passes with pre-snap motion. I'm very curious about what the Broncos had last year. Just I would love to know that, too. I because wish I I, it that. couldn't have been much. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the dudes running this team were just dinosaurs. I think Drew Locke would have just like had a brain freeze if there was pre-snap motion. So. <laughs> He, he, he might have, he might sorry, have benefited Drew. from Please, it. I really hope he doesn't listen to our podcast. I know he doesn't. Well, um, nobody listens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do in my car over the course of a week after we record. But <laughs> but I think that would, like you, that, that's going to make the offense fun to watch, right? Absolutely. Like these kind of things that seem to be like the Hackett trademark stuff. Yeah. With a quarterback like Wilson, right. it's gonna be fun, even if they go nine and eight. And you know what we didn't talk it's about? Be fun with with the run pass option idea. Uh, you got Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. You have to respect yes, the run. You really as, do as a defender. And I think the two of them are probably gonna benefit a lot. Yeah, from the so, play calling. So any kind of RPO or or play action. Uh, yeah, you know, you get anything that makes that linebacker hesitate. Boom, Albert Okwebunam. Is open. I love that you didn't go for the Albert O there. That was impressive. I think I still mispronounced. I think no, it, I think Bugnum. Pronounced... Bugnum. Nope, I can't do it. I can't remember if you pronounce a G or not. Well, either way, <laughs> we, we, we got deep in thought for a second. Respect. There, yeah, we, we we locked eyes and <laughs> thought about it. No respect for the attempt, at least. But yeah, man, I, I you get guys coming on like uh, some over routes. Uh, if if you have a safety or a linebacker who takes that half, you know, false step a little bit, just a yeah. little bit, uh, that dude's coming wide open. Jerry Judy, boom, over the middle. Yeah, you know, um, mm, I'm getting excited. Okay, so so so, quick question. I hope I don't draw us too much aside here, but I want an offensive player's jersey. I bought a jersey last year. It, this is a pattern for me. Uh, the last two sports jerseys I purchased were a um, Russell Westbrook Rockets jersey and a Noah Fant uh, Broncos jersey. So I'm struggling here. Yeah, that's tough, what buddy. What on this offense do you think I do? Wilson? Well, it depends on how Williams, cursed. Gordon, Judy? Mm, definitely where, not Gordon. Where do I go? Not Gordon. Okay. Gordon, I don't remember if it was today or yesterday at a press conference, said, uh, yeah, they want Javante Williams to be the starter or the okay. guy. Okay. Um, they're going to split carries almost 50-50, but I think Javante is going to be number one on the depth chart. He was so fun to – like, that's where I'm leaning. He was so fun to watch last Dude, year. Yeah, so much fun. If, if I was going to get – I feel like get, the Wilson's going to be generic and kind of like – no offense to anyone that already ordered one. Like, it's cool to have one, but, like, that's a little too – Basic. It's a little too, too. Yeah, a little too basic, you know. I already got mine. Which is cool, but, like <laughs> – it's, it's, You know, I already got mine. I almost regret it. Because I kind of wish I had gone with Justin Simmons instead. But now, yeah. the Patrick Sertan hype is just building out of control. Yeah, for some reason, though, I want an offensive player jersey. I sure. don't know why. 
I really don't know why. Yeah, man. I think uh, I think Javante Williams would be a good uh, a good get. Good, okay, I think I need to do that. The cool thing about Sertan is that you'd get like the second, you know, like mm. the, the Roman numerals at the end, which is kind of cool. That's appealing. But okay, and he, he doesn't go with two. junior either, which is kind of neat. Yeah, I wonder if he. Has you always a son. see that in baseball with the junior on the back, but I don't know if there's a third yet. Anyway, that's my weird jersey aside because I am like I need one. This Noah Fant jersey is just like collecting whatever clothes collect when they sit in the closet for too long. I don't know dust, maybe just like everything in Colorado dust. Yeah, like everything. Um, But yeah, I mean, I have my Elway jersey from when I was a kid, but I I want a I want a modern one for sure, and I want an orange one. My Elway is my Elway is navy blue. Gotta go orange. Yeah, gotta have the orange. So, so yeah, there's kind of my Russ overall thing with like what excites me about not being a big football guy, but reading about what people uh, like uh, Mike Tanier have to say. What excites me about this year? Like, dude, I'm like ready for this preseason to be over. Like, let's jump in. Yeah, let's get to some real stuff. So can can I can I just throw some raw stats at you? Let's to, do it. To, yeah, these these will get you hyped. Uh, since 2015, including 2015, actually, this can't include 2015. What? <laughs> oh yeah, it does. I'm reading my own chart wrong. Sorry. This is good. Good audio. Entertainment. Charts are hard. Uh, since 2015, Broncos quarterbacks have combined for 134 touchdowns and 113 interceptions. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Ooh. Since 2015, Russell Wilson has thrown 220 touchdowns to 60 interceptions. Good Lord. That's the leap in production that we're going to be getting. And that's with a frustrated Russell Wilson for a lot of that. Yeah. Like, that's not Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's where the that's where the little tinglys start to come in, like the excitement. Um, his his touchdowns over the last uh, what is six years, seven years, uh, 34, 21, 34, 35, 31, 40, 25. What 25 in his injury. Broncos, 19, 20, 19, 19, 16, 21, 20. You ready to see wow. like maybe 20 more touchdowns this year? Yeah, because I am. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> you know, let's go. That's anyway. incredible. That's significant. Like, it's not quite like a hundred percent increase, but like you're probably talking like sixty percent, seventy percent increase. Yeah. I mean, without even... like I said, with, with an offense that he was like notoriously frustrated with, um, and after their Super Bowl year, from what I understand, like just not only play calling was not to his liking, but like the other people around him on the offense, not the players he wanted. So. That's going to change here. That's exciting. Oh, by the way, last year, uh, Russell Wilson with 25 touchdowns in 14 games. It took the Broncos 17 games to get to 20 touchdowns. Yeah, so, yeah, man, it's it's just... Less games and, like, the, the four awful games, the week 10 yeah. through 13 with the terrible performance. Like, he still threw four touchdowns. He got, you know, he threw three picks as well, but, like... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, either way, this is going to make watching the Broncos fun. Like we occasionally reference our friend, our friend Brian. I feel like he's just kind of this character now. 
this nebulous that, that yeah this nebulous being. character this faceless <laughs> character this voiceless character but i think brian will probably watch most of the broncos games this year whereas last year it was like after the first you know obviously the first three weeks was like oh my god because of the, the yeah, opponents. They were but, but then like after week six brian's like yeah that's stupid i'm not gonna waste my time i think this year there's going to be a reason to watch every single week i think so too i think so too and that's like what more other than a championship can you ask for like we're in this for entertainment right yeah uh we're gonna get entertained this year yeah so i'm on board i'm on board too and speaking of like entertainment uh you have gotten pretty popular on twitter for uh a new ownership direction that may be kind of led by entertainment value around oh, the a... uh around the the stadium and things like that that's a great segue well i tried that was really good i think it was okay Yes, yes. Uh, I I think it's funny. I I don't know how it gained traction. I didn't like at anybody. I don't think I even used. But like, you are the hashtags. Reddit guy. You're the Reddit guy now. That doesn't matter. The Reddit guy. This is on Twitter. Well, you know, <laughs> different. It's the internet. Different personas. But it's the internet. <laughs> uh, yes, I have my crazy, kind of half baked, uh, river mile high theory. Um. And largely because, can you sum up exactly like what? Like new ownership, right? Yeah, like new ownership. Walmart associated. New ownership is the Walton the ownership. Crux of all of this. Yeah. Uh, so the Broncos, obviously, if you live under a rock, uh, you've missed it. But otherwise, you or know. Boulder, you know, you might live under <laughs> a boulder, boulder around here. Uh, the Broncos have been sold to Rob Walton. Uh, we're playing footsies with me on we, the yeah, table. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> uh, Broncos have been sold to Rob Walton. Uh, and the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group rolls off the tongue. <laughs> uh, Rob Walton is the principal owner of the team. Uh, his son-in-law, Greg Penner, will be the CEO of the team. And he'll be uh, basically the, the forward-facing you know, face of the ownership group. Pure business side, no football decisions. Just uh, Well, he's the owner, effectively, of the team. So but not ultimately, every type, this, right? like not he went out of his way to talk about how uh, basically he's going to be hands off. Good. So Good. Uh, the team hired Damani Leach as the new team president, uh, and it has been made, made very clear that he will be uh, on the business side of things. He will handle, um, you know, stuff related to the stadium, uh, like staffing uh, and and. I don't even know what else. Probably promotions, um, things like that throughout he, the year. He will repeat uh, report directly to Greg Penner. Uh, George Payton will remain the GM, mm-hmm. which and is will probably report. A good thing, right? Like, oh, absolutely. We've, we've liked him. Yes. taking over for Elway, uh, and he will also report directly to Greg Penner. Uh, other new owners: um, Melody Hobson, uh, she's the chairwoman of the board at Starbucks. She's married to huh. George Lucas. Oh my god! Yeah, that George Lucas. That it's not wow. just a funny name coincidence. That's cool. Um, Condoleezza Rice. I did see that, and I saw her in a picture. Um, That's an interesting one. Kind of some mixed feelings there. Yeah, kind of an interesting one. I'll uh, I'll hold my tongue. <laughs> uh, and then a, a cool a cool addition to the ownership group is uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he is. Is this a knighted British boy? Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know why I said boy, man. We're the we're the the Broncos of the round table now. <laughs> United cool. under Sir Lewis Hamilton. Uh Lewis Hamilton is a British F1 champion. Uh people call him the greatest of all time in F1. He has over 100 victories. Is this his first like financial foray into American sports? Uh, as far as I know. I I oh. honestly haven't looked into him. He's only like 36. Yeah. Is he retired from F1? I don't believe so. No, actually, uh, he's uh, currently in season. Okay. So, kind of still like racing. A, maybe like a LeBron James type of, of F1. Like yeah, it could be. Billionaire, like, yeah. you know, I think LeBron James just became a billionaire officially. So, active athlete with a lot of money. But yes, so circling back to, to Ryan's awesome segue about entertainment. <laughs> uh, around the Ball Arena area in Denver... Uh, Stan Kroenke, owner of the Nuggets and Avalanche, and I mean, how, how much time you got? I could keep listing teams. Right. Uh, those are the key ones in this instance. Um, he also owns Ball Arena. Uh, he also owns most of, if not all, of the land surrounding Ball Arena. Does that include Elich? Including Elich's. Okay. Uh, and then theme park uh, for those that aren't Denver aware. Right. Uh, and then all of the uh, parking lots and whatever south of Ball mm-hmm. Arena. Uh, he has plans, two huge redevelopment plans uh, for for the, the land where Elitches sits along the South Platte River. Uh, and then later the land where there's just a like ocean of parking lot right now uh, for Ball Arena. So my whole crackpot theory is based on the fact that Stan Kroenke is married to Rob Walton's cousin. Uh, Stan Kroenke made his billions um, as a real estate developer uh, who happened to be married to a Walton and developed a ton of stuff for and around Walmart stores. Okay. So there's a long history of real estate ventures together between those two families, right? With all of this stuff that Stan has planned for for building a whole, I think it's a 40% size increase to downtown Denver when all is said and done. Jeez. Yeah, it's enormous. It's this, this footprint for this whole thing is huge. Uh, when it's done, it's going to dwarf Lodo. It's going to dwarf the 16th Street Mall. Um, and I think Rob Walton... And Greg Penner and Carrie Walton Penner, I think that's her name. Uh, they're gonna go in on it. They'll they'll all invest together. Um, they're gonna build up this huge entertainment district uh, along the Platte River and basically bordered by I twenty five, Spear, and Auraria Parkway. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know a huge triangle of Denver that has Mile High Stadium just sitting right on the other side yeah. of I-25. Um, that's, I don't know. I, it's also I, really close to Union Station. It like, is close to Union. It's, uh, so that's a big thing, too. It's walkable from Mile High where there's a light rail station. Yeah. Uh, in addition to, you know, not being far from Union Station. Um, tons of transit to the Auraria campus as well. So... And, and it's just adjacent to downtown. Uh, my uncle has been big on the, oh, someone's going to buy the Broncos and move them out by the Gaylord Resort out by DIA because land is cheaper there. And he'll build his, like, 
sports mecca out yeah, there. Yeah, that would really suck, though. I don't see it happening. Yeah. Because you move out there, and that land is not in use for like nine months out of the year when this football season's not mm-hmm. happening, you know? So, you're, yeah, um, you're getting no income. Yeah, the, the, the foot traffic would be so much lower. So, that's why I think that, first of all, Greg Penner said several times, uh, both right after the sale was approved by league owners in Chicago, uh, and then again at his press conference in Denver the next day, uh, he, he kept bringing up, um, yeah, we uh, have 10 years left on our lease, so it's not time to talk about a new stadium yet. Because it's owned by, the current stadium's owned by the city. Correct. So then that's like the second part of my whole theory. When that's they enough do, time to develop and build and plan. Absolutely. But when they do go to build a new stadium, um, the Broncos just sold for over $4.5 billion. They don't own the stadium that they play in. If they did... That value would be super, super, super high. high. Yeah. Because in L.A., Stan Kroenke, good old cousin Stan, mm-hmm. built the stadium that the Rams play in. SoFi. People estimate the value for that franchise because the stadium is included, and the stadium's a huge, awesome complex. Yep, that There's, hosts many non-football events. And the NFL Network has offices there, broadcasts from mm-hmm. there. Um, so he's like a headquarters there. That. Yep. Uh, I'm sure they're leasing it from him. <laughs> also... They're uh, uh, the leasing the stadium to. No, he owns the Rams. Oh, do the Chargers lease? From yes. Him? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, so um, I got the whatever. The estimates <laughs> for the estimates for the uh, value of that franchise are closer to ten billion. Yeah, that's incredible. So if you can build that's a stadium, like probably more than than like the New York Yankees. That's mind blowing. Probably. Well, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, if you can build your own stadium and double the value of your team, that's that's return on interest. And if the Waltons are anything, they're very shrewd business people to right. be kind. So it makes sense to me that they would finance it themselves. So does this excite you overall or like for so so my initial reaction was pretty like pissed because I enjoyed uh, I went to Mile High for the first time. What is it called now in Power Field? For the first time this, it's past, Mile High. this past season. And it was great. It was wonderful. My only experience was college football. Mm-hmm. And like massive college football. Like, you know, University of Texas, the Cotton Bowl, stuff like that. Um, uh, the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena in California. Uh, but I had a great experience at Mile High. Oh, it's, I a, it's thought a great the stadium, stadium had wonderful views. I thought it was interesting. Like, obviously, unlike baseball, like football can't necessarily be as like unique and interesting. But just like the you know the classic like waves along right. the, the top of the stadium, yeah, it's a beautiful building. Like, it's really cool. And like, my initial reaction was like, this would be a real shame to like not use the stadium anymore. Yeah, but I think the piece that sold me on not being butt hurt, angry about this possible new development plan is that it would be paid for by the team. If, like it's not going to be a public funded, publicly funded well, sports stadium. In my theory. Hopefully. In your theory. Right. That, we, yeah. we obviously don't know. Yeah. So it, we, we started this off talking about how this string of tweets that I had, like laying out this and honestly, like check it out. Not just 
trying to pump myself up, but like I have links. There's, yeah, there's good, some more compelling good, yeah. <laughs> uh, evidence. It's more comprehensive than um, what we're talking about right now. But uh, it, it's funny. It got some got some traction, and I don't know why. Uh, but two separate publications wrote articles. Um, I mean, saying influenced by me is strong, but they referenced me by name and linked my tweets. You in the are articles. an influencer now. I mean, don't I, deny it. Yeah, it's it is what it is. um so yeah there's two articles if you stumble across one from uh, mile high sports and and biz now um and you know they the biz now one especially uh went a little more in depth about the history between uh walton and Kroenke, um and kind of the ramifications of what it would mean for denver um but i'm i'm kind of stoked about like the prospect uh, it's neat. It's kind of exciting. It would be so cool if it came to fruition. Um, but I have one request. Do you think it would be... Okay, tell me your request, and then I'm going to ask my question. If it does if this does happen, if there is a new stadium built near the Mile High... The, sorry, the, the River Mile project, we got to call it River Mile High. And all I want is for everyone to remember where that name came from. I like that. My dad actually suggested that I like buy the domain name River Mile High. It's like gonna be like five bucks a month. Just do it. Well, now you've told everyone. So before we publish this, oh yeah, I'll you better go do it, buy it, or now. else someone's gonna do it. Our <laughs> one listener, my dad, is gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll do so that. Here, here's and... my here's my uh, my 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 question. Yeah. Like a hope and a question, all wrapped up into one. I crave for it to be an outdoor stadium do you Hmm. think it would be a roof thing like sofi which is in freaking los angeles the best weather in the world and they put a roof on that on that thing like good censorship right there i'm trying real hard (laughs) can we keep this thing open air and outdoor because i love that about the the one experience i had at mile high football wonderful is a sport that should be played in the snow. It is. And it doesn't happen often here. No. It but doesn't. when it does, it's special. And and I I But they're gonna wanna host Super Bowls. That is, is the, the problem. Thing. That's the thing. They want they'll they'll build a new it'll be a beautiful building. Oh, I'm sure. Regardless of, you know, who pays for it, it's gonna be a palace. <laughs> yeah. Um and it probably will be enclosed. And I wish that it wouldn't be. Um, but so got, I, I well, think we got 10 more years to appreciate Mile High. We got so 10 more years. Let's go to more games. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to, let's go to three this year. Well, let's, let's be realistic. Let's do at least two. I don't know if that's even realistic. It's like 100 bucks a person. All right, we'll go, we'll go to a game. <laughs> we'll, go to, we'll go to one for we'll sure. We'll go to a game this year. Actually, shout out to my grandpa. Uh, when I go to the games, I buy tickets from him. We didn't last year, but... Um, I typically buy buy my seats from him. I was chatting with him on Saturday. We watched the game together. Uh, I found out he's been a season ticket holder not since the 1970s, like I thought. He's owned his tickets since 1963. That's incredible. The the, That's the team was absolutely founded absolutely incredible. The team was founded in 1960, and yep. he had tickets in I believe uh, 61 uh, with his brother and decided. 
ah, let's let's let them go next year, and then we'll just like pick and choose the ones we want to go to. And then they ended up going to every game anyway. Um, so sixty three rolls around. It's like yeah. So yeah, we just well, let's just do it. And then they've never let them go. So it's through two stadiums now. Um, and and in the sixties, it wasn't even like a full on stadium. It was a hole in the ground basically. Yeah. Um, so I, I I think I I think I'm gonna try to get him on sometime. I'm I would love that. I've like now a, met him. I've uh, smoked a cigar with him. Yeah. Drank a little whiskey with him. He'd be uh, he'd be a good guy to to have on, and he'd reference a lot of newspaper articles instead of Twitter posts. So that would be a little bit of a mix <laughs> up for us. He that would talk be, about a lot of fun. guys that neither of us have ever heard of, too. Be like, oh yeah, that guy that played in the seventies, and I'd be like, I don't know, Grandpa. I don't. But we just let him go. Yeah. <sighs> All right, fun. man. This has been great. You got anything else? I have nothing else. Let me make sure before we sign off. Scroll down that Google Doc, those notes. Hey, you know what? I do uh, want to give a shout out before we okay before we hop off. Um, I'll give a shout out to a, a friend is a strong term, but a good acquaintance of mine, uh, Cody Rourke. Uh, was very very kind to us back in the day when I was doing the Broncos subreddit podcast. Uh, he joined us for two episodes. He, he came on just to kind of chat one time. And then uh, the second time we did a mock draft ahead of the NFL draft. Uh, and he got shit-faced and it was fun. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, Cody is a great dude. I interact with him frequently on Twitter uh, and on Reddit. Um, he's now hosting a radio talk show from 4 to 6 every weekday afternoon. Um, I believe it's on 98.1 FM. Oh, locally. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's on the Broncos beat. He he oh, does. Um, that's cool. Locked on, locked on Broncos. So if he and uh, what is it, Peter Gabriel? Have they? Uh, you know, are they? Are they? They're probably buds. Uh, they probably ran into each other at camp for sure. Yeah. Um, but yes, Cody and and I'm so sorry, I don't know this other guy's name. I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. Is this like uh, his co-host or something? His co-host is Aniello Piro. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, big ups to Cody. Um. Uh, Old, old, closest thing I have to a friend in Denver media. I yeah, guess. very cool. Uh, so, no, so I just want to talking about props. him. That's that's really cool. But, but anyway, yeah. Um, check that show out. Thanks for listening to our show. Get excited about the Broncos. Uh, don't think about the Rockies ever. And life will be good. <laughs> gonna Seriously. try to. Uh, I'm gonna try to. Uh, maybe not next week because preseason's rough. I think we should I, – I'm going to try um, to at least have a little thought uh, like once a week, uh, you know, regarding to last week's game and upcoming game. So, um, yeah, look forward to those. Absolutely, man. And, and I think once the regular season kicks in, we will have a lot of fun discussing this because, like we've mentioned, this is a very different year than it's been. Absolutely. So, everyone get excited. Thanks for listening. We appreciate y'all, those those that are still listening. Um, and we'll uh, probably be a lot more frequent with yeah. the fall season coming up. Broncos country. Let's yeah. ride. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Aetencio91, at Cutchin at PI Sports Show. 
Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for our track, Ready, Aim, Fire. This has been the Poorly Informed Sports Show. Sports Show.